You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. David McCullough is one of America's most acclaimed and well-known historians and authors. He's a two-time Pulitzer Prize winner who has documented the lives and careers of a number of presidents, including John Adams and Harry Truman. He recently released a collection of speeches that he has given between 1989 and 2016. It's called The American Spirit, Who We Are and What We Stand For. We have him on today to talk about his book, but also to get a sense of what he thinks of what he's seeing in President Trump's first 100 days. David McCullough, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Very pleased to be included. Yes, it's nice to have you back on the show. Uh, this this collection of speeches, uh, I think, is, is quite wonderful in a number of ways. Uh, but one of them is because you're, of course, a very good speech giver. Uh, and a lot of these speeches in the in the book are speeches you gave at graduations. Uh, and this is that time of year when we see uh, people going to graduations, hearing these speeches. Uh, talk about some of some of the things that you th- that you uh, think come out of this collection uh, that would be appropriate as uh, as graduates get ready to hear from their speakers in 2017. Well, I have always been uh, very pleased uh, to receive an honorary degree from a university or college, and I've always felt that when I was expected to give the commencement speech, that I should deliver something of quality and and um, had effort on my part. Uh-huh. So I've, I've worked hard on each of these speeches and many others that are not included in the book with the idea that I'm passing on a, um, a vision or a, an insight or a, or I hope, relatively words to the comparatively wise uh, to these young people who are so important. And uh, so that this book, uh, though it doesn't seem to be uh, a heavy uh, tome, um, contains a lot of what I have come to conclude uh, through more than 50 years of, of writing history and of trying to understand as best possible who, who, who it has been uh, that has really made our progress as a nation possible, yeah. and what they, and consequently, let us hope, we stand for. And um, that can be members, members of the political world, it can, be, it can be doctors and physicians, and it can be uh, professors and scholars and, and bridge builders and, and so forth. And if you really dig into history, in the way that many academic people do, and I do, and other writers of history and biography do, you come to know these people as well or better than you know people in real life, because you're spending every day with them. And in real life, you don't get to read other people's mail. So that's what an awful lot <laughs> of what we draw upon uh, it comes from. Yes, the marvelous letters and diaries that they kept. Yeah. Nobody in public life would dare keep a diary anymore. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've had a conversation with some historians about that very development, the idea that so much of their work 
depends on correspondence, depends on letters and, and diaries, and that uh, historians in the well, future... Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm often asked uh, how you must use a computer a lot to do your research. And I know <laughs> I don't because that the kind of material that I'm digging into, the kind of material that I'm on the search for all the time, isn't on the computer, isn't available. It's only available in, in archival collections or libraries or private collections in, in these letters and diaries. Yeah. And in some cases, where the, if they were uh, a couple, let's say, like uh, John and Abigail Adams, those letters are incredible by our standards. They're not only plentiful, well over a thousand of them, but they are long, and they're superbly written and thoughtful, and they're pouring out their emotions and everything. And I think, for example, Abigail Adams is one of the finest people I've ever known, one of the <laughs> finest Americans ever. Yeah, yeah. And, and the quality of the thinking, one of my favorite entries in, in John Adams' diaries, about every, every once in a while, his only entry for that given day is at-home thinking. <laughs> right. <Now> imagine. <laughs> Who does that now? <laughs> in public today, acknowledging that he spent a day at home thinking. Just thinking. Right. <laughs> and thinking, people ask me how much of my time do I spend doing research and how much of my time do I spend writing. Perfectly good question, but nobody ever says, how much of your time do you spend thinking? And that's often the most important <laughs> that's part That's the most important part of it. No, that's right. Anyone who's ever had to put words on a page knows that it's the thinking, not yeah. the writing, right? <laughs> uh, you know, there is this, uh, in, in your speeches, you have this really strong sense of, of optimism and it seems like your mission is to sort of fight against cynicism and resulting apathy. That's a really important. That's a really important thing to be doing right now. It seems like in in our culture. Well, I feel it is because um, I think it's unrealistic to be overly pessimistic or cynical or or to have given up hope. That's just ridiculous. Because if if you do react. <laughs> If you do react that way, it's not only counterproductive, as they used to say, but it's unrealistic. Yeah. Because we've been through very much more difficult times than we're going through right now. We've been through all kinds of tragedy and and unfathomable onsets of disease. And, and the Civil War, for example, incredibly destructive murderous experience that went on for years um, and two world wars and depression and not just the depression of the 1930s but the depression that followed the revolutionary war mm -hmm. we we and we and we've come through the awful reality of of intolerance and bigotry and uh, racism and we're not finished with it yet. We haven't really gone as far as we need to go, but we're way ahead of where we were. And we, we who live now have benefits, comforts, um, a lack of the threats and, and, and mortality rate of other times to the point we're really sort of <clears throat> spoiled brats. Um, <laughs> people think, Oh, that was a simpler time. I hear this. 
No, it was never a simpler time. Sure. This is the simpler time in many ways, if you want to look at it realistically. Think oh. what's happened <clears throat> just in medicine in our lifetime. And, and don't ever feel that you uh, we're not having a, a, a good break in right. our time on Earth. Um, and, and, and accomplishment is worthy accomplishment is a tradition in this country. It's part of who we are and what we stand for. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is David McCullough, two-time Pulitzer Prize-winning author. His new book is The American Spirit, Who We Are and What We Stand For. It's a collection of speeches that he has given between 1989 and 2016. We're talking about those speeches. We're talking about the American spirit. And we're going to talk in a second about what David McCullough thinks of this first 100 days that we've seen of the presidency of Donald Trump. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, David, before we get to the phones, I do want to get get your take on this first 100 days of the Trump presidency uh, you, you've written extensively about the presidency itself and, of course, uh, deeply about John Adams and Harry Truman. Uh, I wonder what context you put this presidency in so far and, and you know, with the caveat that it's never fair, I think, to judge just the first 100 days. Uh, but we do we do use that as, as the initial marker. Uh, how's he doing? And uh, is this uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin, another presidential historian, told us recently that that she thought uh, it was difficult to put this in the context of other presidencies. That it's been so unusual and so calamitous uh, that it's hard to to draw comparisons. I wonder. I wonder what your. Well, I think sense she's of it exactly is. right, but I think she's also being a little more tolerant than I am about it. I think it's been appalling, and I think it's easily the most uh, inept and uh, dis- and uh, undisciplined, um, raucous start-off of any president ever. And uh, the man has shown himself again and again to be inconsistent and doesn't care about telling the truth. Uh, he... Um, he reverses his his direction uh, almost by the day, and and there's no sense of of um, decency, no sense of wanting to uh, straighten out what needs to be straightened out and proceeding responsibly. And there's no eloquence. There's no call to serve. There's no has been so far none. Yeah, I. Um, I I think that's a really and, interesting. And somebody, one of the columnists the other day, Frank Bruni, I think, said he's obnoxious, and I thought <laughs> that's the word. Um, and yes, I can understand why some people, many people, felt that we needed a change. A change is part of our ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's very, very important to not forget. That it was Hillary Clinton who won the election in the public vote by almost three million votes. Yeah, was not so very close. You, you, you can't get too carried away with the fact.
fact that he's got winners stamped on himself now, and we'll be bragging about that forever, just as he thought he had more people attend his inaugural address than were actually there. Um, how how effective his cabinet will be, how effective the people in the White House will be, remains to be seen. I think the 100 days is an arbitrary and sure. really uh, senseless uh, issue to, to make. Maybe 103 days, or maybe <laughs> 202 days. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those unrealistic uh, scorekeeping systems that catch on. Yeah. I don't remember when it started. Do you? Was it? I think it was Kennedy's. I, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's not all that old, uh, but, but yeah, it's been no, around it's for, a, for a bit. It, we need to. I had I had, I had to speak at um, at the Kennedy memorial service uh, in Dallas at the anniversary of his murder uh, three years ago, and uh, and my. What I said is included in my new book. When you read what what he said in speeches, when you read the quality of not just the language but of of the mind of what history meant to him, I think one of the most unfortunate things about our president of the moment mm-hmm. is that he doesn't have any knowledge of history, yeah. has no interest in history, and a interview he did with the Washington Post during the campaign. He said he'd never read a book about the presidency, yeah. never read a biography of a president. Yeah, and, and, and yet and he continues to hold and, forth and about these would, things. He didn't think he would take time to do that because he already knows yeah. all of that. He has the kind of mind that doesn't need to read. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and been... That, it's of course, been... is a purely egotistical fantasy <laughs> of the most un- unimaginable kind. Yeah, yeah. We need to take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to continue our conversation with David McCullough, uh, author of the new book, The American Spirit, Who We Are and What We Stand For. And we're going to take your calls. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is David McCullough, two-time Pulitzer Prize-winning author. His new book is The American Spirit, Who We Are and What We Stand For. We're talking about that. It's a collection of his speeches between 1989 and 2016. We're also talking about the first 100 days of the Donald Trump administration. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Charlie in Detroit. Charlie, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you for uh-huh. taking my call. Sure. Um, I recently uh, read Michael Beschloss's Presidential Courage, and I found a lot of what your guest is saying to be spot on. I mean, some of these past presidents, Adams, Truman, FDR, Kennedy, were just amazing people. Um, I think, unfortunately, what we've done as a country is we've elected the ugliest American we could have. I mean, obnoxious is definitely the word. And I worry what that says about our nation. Um, you know, obviously, we've done some things to our Constitution and our laws that enabled this. Uh-huh. And I just wondered what the guest thinks of that and what, if anything, we can do as a country to maybe get ourselves out of this mess. Yeah. Great question, uh, Charlie. Thank you very much for the call. Well, it is a great call? question. Uh, I think that one of the most um, inspiring shrines to uh, good, good quality life, good quality people, good quality aspiration is to be found right there 
outside Detroit at the Ford Museum at Dearborn, uh-huh. where the Wright brothers' home and the Wright brothers' little bicycle shop where they did all their work in, to invent the airplane uh, all took place. And you realize that when you're in that little house, that how, by our standards, how, uh, what, that they were deprived of much <laughs> that we consider to be essential to uh, happiness and comfort and so forth. They had yeah. no running water. They had no uh, electricity. They had no telephone. Uh, they had no indoor plumbing. Um, and But what they did have in that house were books, and good books. And a father and mother who insisted that they have purpose in life, worthy purpose, and that material possessions and, and easy, comfortable uh, sitting around and doing nothing or being a spectator all your life was not really having the good life. And they were modest, and they were taught modesty, and they were taught to use the English language correctly, both on, on their feet and on, <laughs> on paper. And and that's that's the core, in my view, of, of the best in, that's in us as Americans. And it's right there in your wonderful part of our country. Sure. And... I urge everyone I know to take their children there, take their their grandchildren there, uh, as we should do with our children and grandchildren for historic places all over. But that is a gem of an American illustration yeah. of the of the best of, of the American way. Yeah, and of course, uh, you wrote uh, a very uh, comprehensive and entertaining book about. Well, the I, I spent almost five years. Yeah living as it were with with the Wright brothers and I learned so much about how important it is to understand how people were brought up at home right what yeah. they were taught as children about the truth telling the truth and being kind and being helpful and being tolerant um, and and it's by had to see somebody who, who, by our standards, had no advantages at all. <laughs> right, right. They did it. Yeah. Uh, David McCullough, Pulitzer Prize-winning author, new book is The American Spirit, Who We Are and What We Stand For. Thank you, as always, for being with us on Detroit Today. Well, thank you for letting me be part of your program. Absolutely. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station. We'll see you tomorrow.